interview with Dr. Wilho Schiweather, a lecturer at the Department of Geography, History and Environmental Studies at the University of Namibia in Windhoek, interview conducted by Dirk Henriksen in Basel, 28th August 2015. Dr. Wilho Schiweder is once again a guest in Basel. You obtained your PhD in 2010 from the University of the Western Cape in South Africa on a rather difficult topic. Mm -hmm. Your PhD bears the title Enduring Suffering, the Kasinga Massacre of Namibian Exiles in 1978 and the Conflicts between Survivors, Memories and Testimony. You continue to do research on this and related topics. I also learned that you have moved into research on the return of human remains, for example, from Germany to Namibia. It's a pleasure to have you here in Basel once again. You have come to Basel with Namibian students and a colleague from the department in order to open tonight an exhibition on the history of the central Namibian town of Yusakos. Mm. We might talk later about this. The purpose of this interview is to get an insight into some of your perhaps even more personal experiences with regard to researching Namibian history. Mm. Why, if I may ask, have you become a Namibian historian? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Doug. Thank you for welcoming me to, to Basel. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm a historian as we speak now. Uh, I, I did my uh, master's uh, uh, in history with the University of Western Cape, as you have said. And uh, I think that could not have been possible without the assistance of, the, of this foundation here. Uh, and I, when I was doing uh, undergraduate studies, I was more uh, into geography. But because of the funds that I got from here, I got encouraged to, to study history in particular the history of Namibia liberation struggle. Because for me, that is, uh, I think, very close to my heart and uh, is something, I think, that is very painful because uh, the way Namibia has handled the history of Namibia liberation struggle is quite, uh, quite disappointing because not much has been done to collect memories and testimonies of what people experienced inside and outside Namibia. Uh, kind of noise. Uh, I decided to take this research on Kasinga. It's very difficult. It's quite emotional, as I said. But I decided to do it. I mean, kind of no, to create a platform uh, for the people who went through it, who experienced it, because they re live with these the traumatic memories. But they are not opening a kind of no. They kind of no. There's silence on it, though they want to speak. But I think. Uh, there's no channel through which they, they can uh, make their voices heard. Perhaps briefly explain the sort of, let's say, drama and um, catastrophe mm. um, uh, um, uh, which is sort of labelled the Kasinga massacre. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, uh, Kasinga is uh, is is. Uh, 
is an event that uh, has been contested right from the beginning. Um, there, there are two narratives here. Uh, the Swapo official narrative that uh, says that Kasinga was a Namibian refugee camp, uh, which is also supported by most of the survivors of that event. And there is another narrative by the South Africans who attacked Kasinga, that it was uh, uh, Swapo headquarters, military headquarters, Swapo stronghold. And the purpose of attacking it was to destroy uh, Swapo military infrastructure. And, and I think that narrative is still pursued by the South Africans, and uh, there are many of them who still believe in it, that it was uh, a military camp. And they continue to publish and write uh, narratives and tell stories kind of worldwide, uh, trying to, uh, uh, to, to convince the world that uh, their narrative is, is, is right, kind of, you know. And I think that's what, uh, what, what that, that's the narrative that is uh, commonly read, uh, because, I mean, uh, from the Namibian perspective uh, of Kasinga, that it was the civilian camp, nothing is coming out, nothing is going public. As I said in the beginning, that means kind of means the silence, and there's only one official kind of, you no, know, a narrative of Swapo. Uh, that is only, you no know, giving one statement, you know, but it's not allowing, for example, the survivors themselves to speak as individuals, to speak from individual experiences. So there's this kind of, you no, know, collective official narrative. And I think the government wants uh, 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 everybody to understand Kasinga from that perspective, but it's not the case uh, with uh, individual survivors. For example, when you engage them in what in in dialogue, you listen to stories and individual uh, stories, uh, which uh, uh, I, I think the government uh, is not uh, kind of you know, uh, uh, making public. Why is there this silence? Is it possible to explain silence yeah. <laughs> and is it possible to explain this particular silence or how do you construct yeah. what you name silence? Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's, it's quite uh, uh, difficult to, 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 to explain but uh, maybe I think it's something that goes back to the time of the liberation struggle. Uh, because most of these people, they were brought up in Swapo, where I think they did not really have uh, a, a voice, kind of not, they could not uh, say things independently without the approval of the party. You know, that was the nature of the liberation struggle. And I think it's something that they have accumulated. It has become a culture part of them. And, 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 and they kind of know, you know, I think that uh, the government, you know, which is uh, Swapo, speaks speaks to them, kind of, you know. So, yeah, I, I would like to look at it from that uh, uh, perspective, kind of, you no. Know. Yeah. So how could you conduct research and speak to survivors mm. in that space of silence? Yeah. Yeah, it's also difficult, for example, uh, 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 getting uh, these victims, uh, you know, tell their stories. 
uh, because for them to tell you their stories, then you should kind of know, uh, create a sort of trust from them. Without that trust, then uh, they, they will not talk. And uh, I mean, what creates that trust is that, uh, um, for example, when I started with these interviews, uh, I, I had to go through the Swapo party office that uh, had to issue me with an official letter, okay, that I had to produce to my interviews. And without that official letter, then it becomes very difficult, quite problematic for them to speak out. Um, and I think for my side, it was also kind of not helpful because I also grew up in a racial struggle. Some of these people announced to me when we were in exile. I also used to 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 broadcast uh, uh, to broadcast a, a radio program uh, about uh, uh, how people remember past violence. So kind of now I was known to many people, and uh, when I approached them that I want to interview them uh, about uh, their experiences of Kasinga, I, I didn't have uh, much problems. But if uh, if it were another person, nothing who is not known to them, kind of not, then it becomes a problem. But that does not mean that these people do not want to speak. They want to speak, but there is this uh, uh, this this a uh, fear, this fear that uh, 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 if they speak, uh, maybe they would be, um, you know, such kind of you no know, fear. I think that uh, uh, kind of you no know, maybe generated from you know the the, the time of of the Russian struggle also kind of you know yeah. And this fear and this silence is that also connected to the misolization of the event, the myth that developed, and which you mentioned at the beginning, or not at all. Yeah, I think I, I would like to to believe so because, uh, yeah, uh, as I have said before. Uh, 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 Survivors as individuals, I think they have uh, understand Kasinga from an individual perspective, uh, uh, and, and to some extent, this uh, individual understanding of Kasinga, individual seeing of Kasinga, might not necessarily, you know, talk to the uh, the Swapo narrative, and I think they 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 fear because they they they. they They, they do not want really to be seen or to be heard uh, in the public as speaking a different language from the official narrative of Swapo. Because, I mean, kind of, these are also people I mean, who grew up Swapo, and, and, and I think they, they, they are quite sympathetic to Swapo. Um, yeah, and uh, they are supportive of Swapo, and they don't want to see themselves, I mean, to be heard speaking a different language. Are But there, uh, again, yeah. Uh, apologies. Are there silences and fears amongst the perpetrators? Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. Because uh, I think 
listening to them speaking and reading their, their, their narratives. Um, they have no fear. And I think that, that that's where the problem is because uh, these people, they are not remorseful. They still in denial. Uh, they are not apologetic. And they have uh, not acknowledged that uh, civilian lives were lost in, 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 in Kasinga. So uh, they speak independently, and uh, I think that is quite traumatic to the, to the, to, to the, to, to, to the victims. Because hearing these uh, people still stuck in the past, denying the Kasinga massacre, and uh, on the other hand, we talk about reconciliation. It's quite traumatic for them. And I think that's where we will, uh, 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 justice, I think, needs to be pursued. And uh, one of the objectives of taking up that research is, uh, I think, to pursue justice for the, for the victims. Because you can't talk about uh, reconciliation without anybody having come forward officially to apologize and to say what happened was a mistake. We are sorry, kind of, you know. Because, I mean, Namibia, we reconcile, kind of, not, kind of not a blanket uh, reconciliation. But, I mean, many people ask, why do we reconcile? Okay, reconciling for what? So, I, I, I think, I think that, that, that that is quite crucial that these guys really, they should, you know, apologize. And I think maybe there should be a kind of, uh, of what now? Of uh, a, a kind of, uh, it should become kind of not illegal that it is illegal, it is not permitted to deny the Kasinga massacre, you know, publicly. You know, something like that, I think it would help these other people. And if uh, uh, apology is not there, then there's also fear there, uh, there that uh, uh, the trauma of Kastinga will be passed on to generations after generations. It, it will never, it, it will never, I mean, people will never get healed. And if they don't get healed, they pass on this to next generations. And we don't want to see that happening.